It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh my God, can you believe the amount of turkey and stuffing that is still in my tummy right now is <laughs> uncontrollable, James Seltzer. I think I'm good for the next couple of days, which is clearly not true because as soon as we're done recording this podcast, I'm hopping in my car. I'm uh, I'm downing liquid death all day, honestly, because I, I did hit the, the bottles and cans very hard and I did not have enough liquid death during Thanksgiving, so... That is easing the tension here, but how was your Thanksgiving, buddy? The Turkey Bowl seemed like it was another success. Yeah, oh, Turkey Bowl was a lot of fun. We actually had a good game this year for the first time. It had been a blowout the last two years, so yeah. came down to a final drive. Penridge comes out, so that was fun. Got to come home, eat some turkey. I actually have you beat because I am home, so when we're done, <laughs> I'm just going to walk upstairs and make a little turkey sandwich, um, but yeah, it was a good day. It was nice, and, and John, I mean, let's be real. Turkey Bowl was great. Turkey itself was great, but Dallas sucks. It's <laughs> the best part of Thanksgiving. You know, it was going through my head that, well, one, I bet on the Cowboys, so you're welcome, America. Uh, and uh, I obviously mushed them. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I just thought. Rare powers, my friend. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I feel like Cowboys fans and Eagles fans, uh, first of all, I'd like to admit that I was fully wrong about how talented this team is. It's not his talent. It's the same. It's basically the same amount of talent. They're just younger. Uh, also, and have a few less injuries. Yeah, a, a lot less injuries. And I, I, like, 
we've been yelling at each other about who's more talented and like, you know, Cowboys fans getting in there, Eagles fans dodging, then all of a sudden Cowboys fans get to dunk for a few weeks, and now that's coming back to kind of bite them in the ass here. Like, either one of these teams, none of them are that good, clearly, clearly. And now I have been given so much more hope uh, and not because that the Eagles and their situation got better. We haven't seen any evidence of it. But I'm I'm ready to make a statement, James. The Eagles are going to make the playoffs. Not oh, o- buddy! Not only are they going to make the playoffs, they're going to beat the Seattle Seahawks, which walk into that home game, <laughs> and Carson Wentz is going to have a playoff win. That's how bad this division is, James. It's terrible. Yeah, John, it's, it is pretty crazy we're getting to the point where you're like wow is is one of these teams gonna go eight and eight and win the division (laughs) it is uh here's the craziest part john the eagles sitting here at five and six i mean this city has been a morgue in terms of how we feel about the eagles after the last couple performances for the first time as we've talked about like it feels like carson wentz people are turning on the guy i mean it's been a it has been a crazy two weeks, and yet we sit here on Friday heading into a game on Sunday against one of the worst teams in the NFL, and the Eagles have a chance to control their destiny, John. The Eagles are 5-6 and six in what has felt like a disastrous season, and they control their own destiny. What the fuck is that, John? Well, f- first and foremost, you can't control destiny. Uh, Chip I Keller's know right about you that. hate it. Whatever. <laughs> Come on. They can get in the playoffs. They control it. Secondly, you're right. And and um, there is – the funny thing I, I feel about both of these teams is you already said it. The Cowboys are healthy for the most part. I mean, yeah, they've had some injuries here and there, but nothing that's, like, been detrimental. Uh, and – the, you know, the wide receiving core has been intact. They haven't had to do that. Uh, Dak's been playing at a high level up until the last couple of weeks here. Um, and it's so funny to look at, you know, what they do. And they all think it's a coaching problem, but it's a coaching and talent problem. You know, you can do whatever you want with Jason Garrett. I thought it was so hilarious that, you know, Jerry Jones and people are running away with this. They're like, oh, man, did you hear? Because the Dallas Cowboys uh, themselves, and I don't know if everybody heard it, but I mean, there was a lot of loudness going on in the uh, in the locker room, and everybody was shouting. Michael Bennett, Michael fucking Bennett of all people, is the <laughs> one that's leading. Like, I don't like what I see here. Only after being there for a couple of weeks, and people are trying to, or Dallas Cowboys fans, I might add, are trying to make that look. Well, he's been on Super Bowl winning teams. He knows he knows what he wants, and he knows what uh, you know this team needs or whatever. What a what a crock of shit that is. If Michael Bennett is the uh, is the first guy to start yelling oh, at man. everybody in the locker You're room, bad shit. You're in that's the case. Bad shape. And to hear Jerry Jones get emotional um, was is not because of the locker room. And in front of reporters, he's teary-eyed, and they're sitting there, and they're asking him, you know, why are you so emotional? Like, well, I just came out of a very emotional locker room. Bullshit. You just found out that you got to fire your best friend, Jason Garrett, and nobody in the building is there to support you anymore. That's what I think really happened during that interview. He just realized, God damn it, I've been with step by step, and he's saying, you know, I've got Jason's back, and he has mine, and yada, yada. Jerry Jones just realized that he has to fire his best friend. That's why I think he's so upset. Uh, Newsy Scruggs came out and, and, and doubled down on the report last night and said, like, there is no way that Jason Garrett's coming back. He's got to win the Super Bowl at this point, which is, doesn't seem like it's in their cards either. I, I love it. I know that Jason Garrett wants to, you know, we well make fun of it because it's it's nothing but mediocrity. He thought that the trend was going to buck uh, this year, that, you know, finally they'll have a, another double-digit win season after having won the, the previous year. And uh, 
it's not going to happen, James. I don't care who they put in there. Having a coaching change while figuring out what you have to pay your quarterback, your star-wide receiver, and figure out which corner you're keeping is awesome. I love this, buddy. I love it so, so, so much. Yeah, well, you can't really ask for anything better on Thanksgiving than Jerry Jones and tears. I mean, that is <laughs> that is Thanksgiving at its peak, my friend. It doesn't get any better than that. You can keep the turkey. You can keep the stuffing. Actually, let me keep the stuffing. Yeah, what you are you doing? You can keep the mashed man? potatoes. You can keep everything else. <laughs> Give me Jerry Jones's tears. I can feast on those forever. I'm uh, I know. It, it's a beautiful thing, man. It, it does feel like there's a bit of a meltdown happening and, and I think Garrett has to go I mean look he came into the year as a lame duck coach they've certainly disappointed still still we are 12 games into this season and this vaunted Dallas team this talented Dallas team this team that everyone's so in love with has still yet to beat a team with a winning record coming into the game I mean that is <laughs> that is crazy they just got waxed at home on a Thursday by the Buffalo Bills, a team that a depleted Eagles team went into Buffalo and beat 31-13. I mean, again, it's a week-to-week league. You know, we see this all the time where one team whacks another, then another. But, man, anyone who still thinks this Dallas team is good is fooling themselves. They are not a good football team. Not that the Eagles are right now either, but the whole, oh, Dallas is better. You're right. They're not. They're not. Mm -mm. These teams are both very similar right now in terms of talent, whatever. And I think, like you said, I'd be more worried about the future in Dallas than here. At least here, there is some infrastructure. And, I mean, Doug over Garrett is, like, just such a massive advantage. I know we have all been very critical of Doug this year, and he has not had his best season. But when you see what's going on in Dallas and you see having a coach that the players just don't respect, don't care about, don't want to play for, I mean, it is, it's a much worse situation to be in. Uh, let's hope that uh, the, the David Gettleman bringing Garrett in thing is true. If, if Garrett does go, we need to keep Garrett here, yeah. Johnny. has to keep helping us. But, um, man, it is. Uh, it was just a beautiful Thanksgiving. It really was from that perspective. You just – it really feels like things are starting to, to fall apart a bit in Dallas. And I'm not – Look, the Eagles have to start handling their business. They have to start winning football yep. games. And to your point, John, I do think that there's been a lot of talk of like, well, I don't even want that. It's what we hear every year. You know, whenever they're, they're a disappointing year to this point, it's like, well, I don't even want them to make the playoffs. They need to learn a lesson. They need to. I mean, that's all <laughs> bullshit, right? I mean, like, it's not like whether they make the playoffs or not, the Eagles are going to go, well, what a successful. We're great. You know, like they know they made some mistakes along the way. And you just got to get there. And most important thing, you mentioned it, the number one at this point in the season, and you got to get there to have a chance, and anything can happen. The NFL is weird, but the number one most important thing is getting Carson Wentz the chance to play in a playoff game. That is the most important thing right now for the future, for moving forward. And it, it's amazing that right now at five and six, coming off, you know, some of the worst Carson Wentz performances we've seen, some of the worst just team performances we've seen from this Eagles team. In recent years, uh, it's crazy to think that that all they have to do is kind of just pull together for a little run here, and, and they could be in the playoffs. You know, it's funny they don't even have to do that. And and there there's been this over overarching thing that they, oh they got to run the table, they got to run the table. To me, this game opened up the door to be like, actually, no, they don't. I, I agree, they don't. They just have to beat Dallas at home and and not fuck up too much. I'm going to take it one step further. I don't think they need to do that either, James. I know it's... It, Whoa, they you, think they could win? you think Dallas could like lose the rest of their Absolutely. games kind of situation? Not, wow. not, not lose the rest of their games, but here's 
Here's how I see this happening. I know, listen, you guys know this too. We know that the Eagles aren't that good. And and for a multitude of reasons. Injuries, talent evaluation, Carson you know, pull, not pulling his head out of his ass. The wide receivers not pulling the heads out of their ass to help him out. All, all of that. Lane Johnson going out, blah, 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 blah. All they need to do is win these next three games. That's all they need to do. The, 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 the Dallas will take care of of itself at this point there is no doubt in my mind they're going to lose to chicago or the rams too i i think this ends up being the the very much the thing that we all hated as football fans how the fuck are the seattle seahawks seven and nine get to host a playoff game well what nice ultimate revenge for that to happen let's have carson wentz have his marshawn lynch moment against uh, uh, a superior team that they get to see for a second time now i don't want the fucking san francisco 49ers coming here at all at all uh it's not that i you know freaking out about jimmy g uh, which i would have been like two years ago it's that you know, just ordained him like one of the best quarterbacks in the world whoops uh but still, like, you know, uh, the uh, Shanahan in that defense, like, I don't want him here or whatever. But I, I just – all I want, James, is Carson Wentz to get in the playoffs. And I don't care if they get blown out. They need to go and experience that. The young guys need to go and experience that. They're going to be with him throughout this. I don't care how pretty it is, and I don't think it's going to be. You know, I mean, certainly if they beat Dallas, then they win the division, and it's I'm not you know trying to downplay the importance of that game. Just get it out of the way. I'm all going to be rooting for that. Like I, but I even think there's a chance they slip up either to you know Miami, the Giants, Washington. They go two and one. They could beat Dallas. Like there's so many other different scenarios where I just I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. And the biggest reason why, and I, it took me a second because I've never looked back at it, James. Do you know how many wins are in this division right now, total? Well, I mean, uh, there's five, 11 and then four more, so 15 total wins. 15 fucking wins <laughs> in this entire division, which is dead last. Dead last. I know some of them are top heavy, but 15 wins, come on. You know, like That's 17 wins just between the Seahawks and the Niners in that division. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that teams. is true. That is true. Yeah, that's that is very top heavy. That's crazy. NFC you North. Know, the point being, like, like that. I mean, the whole division has 15 wins. That's embarrassing. That's <laughs> so embarrassing. So so embarrassing. Uh, and and honestly, let's. I think you should embrace that. We should start making the least T-shirts. Like it's never gone away. And to to what you were saying earlier. When I look at the Cowboys and I look at Dak and I go, what does this feel like? And I found out who Dak Prescott was. You ready for this? He's I'm so ready. He's Kirk fucking Cousins. <laughs> Isn't he? He's going to have moments of just unbelievable play. And then he'll just go right back down to the mean again. And then everybody goes, I oh, see this. You're fucking underrating them. You fucking assholes. You pieces of shit. Look at all the five touchdown game. What are you going to do with that? Well, you're going to do the same thing and you're going to face better competition, fold in, in between that. and that. Like, even as good as Kirk Cousins has been playing this year, when's the last time he was in the playoffs? Was that the Eagles where he kneeled down and all that stuff accidentally mm-hmm. in the halftime? So it's been that long. I, I, did, I think Dak is Kirk Cousins. I, officially, that is my statement. I finally found the comp, and he is that. He's Kirk Cousins with legs. It's a hell of a comp, Bartrand. That is a, a, a hell of a comp. Wow. Um, I think he's probably – I think he's more talented than he's Cousins. He's certainly more talented. But, but Yeah, but in terms of production – look, Cousins has been great this year. I mean, Cousins has been – Outstanding. Really, yeah. Shoving you know, it in our a, faces, yeah. 
It's a fascinating comp. I mean, and they're a much better football team than either of these teams right now, it seems. Um, it's a fascinating comp. I love that. Let's just roll with that. I'm in. <laughs> but but, in. Do, but do, you, do you think that my other theory might be true? Because I don't, I don't, I don't think that the Eagles. One, I don't think they can. I don't think they can. Three games might be it for them right now. Oh, oh, you mean can they? Uh, yeah, I don't look. I've said from the jump, I don't think they're winning these last five. I, I just they don't feel like the type of team that's going to rail off five straight wins, no matter who the competition is. Um, I look <laughs> the, the the thought that they could. What if they go four and one and lose to Dallas and still make the playoffs? I mean, that would be nuts. That would be crazy. That would be so ridiculous. That it would be. The, it would be perfect for what we just said. Fifteen know, wins in the I division. Know, I know. Look, all it would take. All they can go four and one, lose to Dallas, and all Dallas has to do is lose one of their other three games. I mean, that's. It's a crazy thought, and they could very easily lose to the Rams, lose in Chicago. I mean, those are two very losable games for this Dallas team that's just not very good. So. Um, I it would make me nervous as hell, Borchard. Yeah, but yeah, of course it's possible. All it takes is one Dallas loss. Yeah, that's all it takes, and it's gonna come. Yeah, one of those, one of those teams. Like the, I think they're already Dallas is already favored by like three and a half against the Bears next Thursday in Chicago. I, uh, okay. Oh, so hold on. Let's play this out. So it would have to be because if they lost both, they would need Dallas to lose two. Right. I think it, that's what I'm saying. I think they lose okay. to Chicago or L.A. That, that, like, it is going to happen. But then, then they would have to lose one more because if they, if both the Eagles and Dallas oh, are 9-7 right, and, right, right. and and they're 0-2 against the Cowboys, the Cowboys would get in. So they would have to have Dallas lose two. So that, it, it's hard. I mean, and it's possible. They could lose two, but you really – it's tough to get in if they don't beat Dallas. It's possible, but it's tough to expect that. And and for those that are just like, yeah, I, I know I don't want to be – this really isn't an optimistic thing. It's just for me, I can go, thank God that there's an opportunity for Carson to get some experience here. But more than that, and here's what I just want to start planting in your head here, James. Deshaun Jackson returns playoffs, okay? And if you just get in – now I'm not saying that you know we would we would feel crazy about their their chances you know moving forward and being on the road and doing all that stuff because that is going to be very very hard and we and they we've might be an that. underdog at home to be fair right uh, depending on how these things play out and the end of the season plays out and you have a a 12 and four Seahawks squad coming here or something like that they could be an underdog in that game but if we believe if we believe that the intention which it sure, certainly was that Deshaun is going to be the guy that can unlock the Eagles' offense, and you haven't seen that for 17 weeks or whatever it was, and that's that element is back for the playoffs? I'm not saying it's exactly like T.O. in the Super Bowl, but it's the miniature version of that, and if you had him back for the playoffs and Alshon's feeling a little better and – I, you know, we get into those debates all the time about, well, this team had success with Nick Foles when he come in and the, the team just played better. The team just played better. We never acknowledge that. Oh, yeah. By the way, Brandon Graham, it took him 15 games to feel great in 2018. Fletcher Cox doing doing similar things in that, 
you know, trajectory uh, this season. Guys were still banged up. You lost a ton of guys during the season. Uh, you just got back, like, uh, Darby and Mills pretty much full-time and cleared that they're the best corners on this team right now. Avante Maddox is starting to get in there. Maybe the defense has to carry until the offense feels a little better. It sounds like, at least for this weekend, that Alshon might be able to go. Maybe you can get J.J. a little more playing experience and he feels more comfortable in this offense. Greg Ward is here now. You less of less of Matt Collins. Finally, uh, uh, Lane Johnson gun, uh, able to go. Brandon Brooks, as far as we know, able to go in this one. Those are all important things. Then if you can get Jordan Howard back at some point during this stretch, I really think that this team can go to the playoffs based on uh, – it's and it's just a flop. All you're doing is taking the Dallas schedule and putting it right here for the Eagles. It's the same kind of – opportunity that they had it was just at the beginning of the season now the Eagles get it at the ass end of here I I I feel pretty good full well knowing that Carson Wentz has played like dog shit for the last two weeks and so is the offense in its entirety I feel good and it's so absurd that I feel this great about a Dallas Cowboys loss and making them 500 to have all these takes roll out but I can't help it man I I think if you get Deshaun Jackson back for the playoffs, you should probably be expecting a win in the playoffs as well. Well, I mean, so first of all, uh, I mean, this is a, a, a like a reverse world here. Is I have been the one all season long being Mister Optimism mm-hmm. on this show. Yep. And look at you, Barchard. Welcome well, aboard. I love this. Back there. Um, you know, so they would have to win a game to get Deshaun back in round two of the playoffs, obviously. But man, can you imagine that? level of excitement if they can kind of like you said and and those are all important things i think look carson wentz has played but you don't hard. think deshaun There's, would push himself for the for the opening round he can't they, he's not allowed to come back until the second round because oh, the ir crap, situation right yeah. god damn that ir so, okay yeah, yeah, yeah he's not allowed to come back till round two so they'd have to win a Some game reason to get I thought back. There. okay now i got it all right well yeah there's there. But All that's right. still there's still some optimism there. Like that they could win a home playoff game and get Deshaun back. I mean, again, this is all dependent upon the idea that getting these players back is going to make a difference. And you're gonna start to see a better Eagles football team, which rolling into the playoffs could give you a little optimism about that. And and look, it is like you said, I think you make a perfect parallel there with the idea of look at what happened to this defense when they got players back. Now, I know that they have not played super tough composition on the offensive side over the last few weeks, but that Buffalo Bills offense looked pretty good against the Cowboys last week. This defense shut them down. Uh, You know, this defense shut down a a New England offense that has had good weeks in other spots. They shut down a Seattle offense that's really fucking good. Yeah, they did. So, you know, that was not their fault. They did everything they could to help the Eagles win that game. So, I think it's fair to have some optimism in this defense. It's been one of the best defenses in football over the last month. I know that's crazy to say. And again, the competition other than Seattle hasn't been super high level, but they've been one of the best defenses in football over the last month. That matters. And it has directly coincided with getting players back. You know, So the idea that, yeah, you get Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks back. That's everything. You get this, you know, Alshon looks like he's going to play. Aguilar. I never need to see him play again, but it looks like he's trending in the right direction. <laughs> you hope this Ertz thing, it doesn't seem like it's a major thing. He should be fine. 
Um, and then if you can get the Howard, the fact that Jordan Howard's still not cleared for contact, clearly a lot more than a stinger, I think. You know, we oh, were like, yeah. oh, a stinger, he should be back, no problem. There's can, something, can you know, some say, sort of issue with the shoulder. It's, dude, but, if, if it's gone this far, he's separated, broken it, or clavicle exactly, or something. Exactly, yeah, yeah. it's something. But regardless, you know, the fact that he's, you know, not cleared for contact, not ideal, you hope that you can get him back for the stretch run. But look, I do think it's fair to say, especially with the level of competition they're facing, that would these guys get back that you could at least have a – functional offense, an offense that is good enough to beat these types of teams, and then the defense continues to play well. Like, yeah, I don't know why you couldn't get a little optimistic role going. And and again, I'm, I feel like we always have to, like you did before, put the caveat. I'm like, we know they're not very good. We get it right yeah. now. But but again, the NFL is a week-to-week league. It's a weird thing. And I, I know we keep bringing it up and we can't just rely on it, but this we have seen this team and I know a different quarterback, but this team go from literally dead to holy shit if Alshon catches that ball, are we in the NFC Championship game? So, like, the point being not to, like, just trust this group. They've done it before, though. That That is something that should be part of it, certainly from the coaching staff perspective, but more so just to illustrate how fucked up the NFL is and how <laughs> weird it is from week to week and how, like, teams can get on a roll and gain some confidence and weird shit can happen. Yeah, and just uh, just so it's definitive, uh, I, I think there will be things that will help the Eagles. I'm not saying that they're suddenly going to be consistent. It's just nobody's consistent, and uh, Dallas looks like it's in turmoil because nobody wants the head coach there. That's a big deal. That means you're going to question things. It means Jason Garrett's going to be doing a lot of stupid stuff to try and save his job, and that ultimately just leads to horrible decisions on the field. I don't really think that's been the case in the last two weeks. I just think it's they've been bad and Oh Lord, please give me this as a as a last minute holiday gift. If you're out there, make the coaching search for the Dallas Cowboys just go on forever, and then they just decide, you know what? We'll just give it to Kellen Moore. That would be amazing if that whole process ends in that. I don't think that's going to happen, but well, I think the only way that happens is if Moore makes a power play and says, "I'm out." If you don't give me the job, I'm going to go be an offensive coordinator somewhere else or whatever. And then maybe you never know. You don't know how how much he is. Look, I, I, Jerry Clear is affinity for him, too. Um, but I, I'm with you. I would be really surprised if they get rid of Garrett. If they don't – I wouldn't be shocked if Jerry tries to go, like, do something big. Like, you're like try to Lincoln lure Nick Riley Saban. I don't think that. it would happen. Yeah. But, like, Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, or something crazy like that. Like, again, I don't think either of those guys want to coach in the NFL. But um, – I think Jerry's gonna gonna try and and make a big move if if he has that opportunity. Oh, man. Urban, would be my guess. Urban Meyer's the name I didn't really think about. That would uh, piss me off so much that like my Cowboys hate would go from where it is now to like times a thousand. That guy's a piece of shit. And uh, at the same time, I think. Uh, but would, but Nick Saban's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, most okay. Okay, here it is. No, I know. I'm most, with you. I'm with you. I'm most college head head football coaches. Pieces of shit. Yeah, yep. I, I think that, and especially the successful ones, because uh, uh, the reason why people, you know, really uh, like to stay in college once they've experienced the NFL is because they can control basically everything more so yep. than there's no contracts. That's why the NCAA is so shitting their pants right now to go like, oh my god, if we pay these guys, we're not going to be able to control them, and then we won't have like, you know. Uh, parody from the SEC schools and all that. Anyway, that's a whole different show, and uh, you're not here for that. Uh, what you are here for, <laughs> though, is uh, I, 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 I. This has come up too in the past couple of weeks. 
and uh, discussed it a little bit on uh, on your show uh, today. But I, I I don't know why it is that people, when uh, speaking about Doug Peterson and not really understanding if he is that elite guy that you saw some sporadically in 2016 and then into 17 with the Super Bowl and everything, like I, it, out of all three of the guys that we keep talking about between Howie and Carson and Doug Peterson, I am the least worried about Doug Peterson. Isn't that what said you too? Me too. I, I Me just, too. I don't understand it. I know that like we can get into the the micro arguing about he's not as creative anymore and you know the other guys that were here is is really what helped. I've just come to the conclusion that like there's look at what he is is dealing with again this year. You don't even have a wide receiver coach that can apparently coach these wide receivers. So half of that's distracted to him. And then more so, Mike Groh has got his head in there because he's been their best wide receiver coach to date. Uh, we still don't exactly know what Press Taylor does. So uh, there's like this this thing that's happening. It's like, like, see, like there's all the, all the masterminds went away and Doug's just this big fraud or whatever. I, I don't get any of that, man. I mean, he has kept this team despite all the crazy things that happens and the the leaked rumors the injuries it seems like they still come out and play on Sundays you know and they they haven't lost interest in playing for this guy or that he's doing something so schematically different like I can't remember one Doug Peterson game where I go man that's on Doug he lost this one um well I mean, I think there are some where he's just as culpable as Wentz or whoever. I, I think Doug has not had his best season. But I do agree with the the basic premise. I, I think that if nothing else, look, if you want to argue, oh, Frank Rowe, I could deep lip on all that, then, like, what happened last year? It wasn't just Nick Foles. I mean, Doug Peterson rallied. Doug Peterson yeah. got guys to believe in him, got guys to play hard for him. And I know Foles was a part of that and all that, but – I think that Doug has shown that he is is someone that players want to play for, someone that players want to be around, someone that they trust. I think you nailed it. I think the biggest issue from 17 to now is just that the guys helping him suck. <laughs> no, I think that's a big yeah. issue. I think that And that's okay, is, by the way. It is okay. Look, coaching's collaborative. Like that matters. You have to have guys you trust, guys who are going to help you, guys who are going to say, "Ah, Doug, I don't think this is the right play to run here because of this or I don't think you're uh, we're doing enough to get Carson out of the pocket or whatever it is." I mean, you need sounding boards. You need help in anything you do. I mean, whether it's talking about sports, whether it's whatever it is, I mean, you need to you need people who are going to help you. You need people who are going to, you know, say, oh, no, that idea is not as good as, as this one. Or, or let me take that idea and shape it a little bit. Maybe take it a make it 10 percent better, 15 percent better, whatever it is. I mean, that matters. And I think that he just doesn't have the infrastructure beneath him. I don't trust Mike Rowe. I don't trust Press Taylor. I don't trust Carson Walsh. I don't trust any of these guys. Yeah. I've seen nothing, <laughs> yes. nothing from any of these guys to make me believe in them. But because those guys, I don't believe in those guys, that doesn't mean that I don't believe in Doug. I, I think they need to do a better – and I, I would really, really like to see the Eagles stop just promoting from within on the offensive side of things yeah, here. I mean, to. they need to bring in some fresh eyes. They need to bring in someone who's going to push back a little bit, someone who's got some some credibility from somewhere else to be the offensive coordinator. I think Gro has to go at the end of the year, and I don't know if it's all his fault or not. But I think they just need fresh eyes. I think they need someone to come in with a different perspective and look at things a different way. But regardless, I completely trust Doug. I do. Um, again, I, I've been more critical of him than you this year. There have been spots where we've argued a bit over it. I do think that he has not had his best season. But I think that when you take into account, like you said, 
all the injuries, all the lack of help he's getting from his offensive coaching staff, all that type of stuff. I think the fact that those guys out go out and play hard for him, that they have not you know, kind of tanked on the season, all that type of stuff. I think that does speak to Doug and what he does best. And and the fact that I do believe players care about Doug and want to play for him. Uh, absolutely. And to that, and we might get an argument here too, I just, I, I, if, if we all understand all of what James laid out with the coaching staff, and then you add on now an inconsistent quarterback on top of an inconsistent personnel on that offense, you know, that's, that's where I go, where exactly can you be more creative in here if no one's really helping you out? You've taken on a lot more uh, than you probably asked for as a head coach, and you're trying to like develop Carson Wentz along with getting ready each week with not even really knowing who's going to be there at the start of games, at the beginning of games, and sometimes you know within mere moments between like warmups and things like that. That's just why I have such a hard time going. Uh, Doug's lost his creativity, or like it is from week to week. It's really hard to put game plans together that are like that first and foremost. And to the the, the mastermind crowd, and I'm only bringing this up because I've heard it a lot, you know, from from different takes, from articles, Twitter, phone calls, all of them are in there. Um, what, if you have that opinion, where were you in 2016 when those same guys were here, you know, and it didn't look like they were. <laughs> they would look like they were just disjointed football team. Everybody just assumed like, ah, well, this guy will uh, will be out of here shortly, and uh, everybody just kind of put it on the coaching staff again. And then suddenly, you win the Super Bowl. Everybody becomes you know amazing at that point. And even during that year, I remember having conversations going, "What does Frank Reich exactly do?" Everybody thought that John D. Filippo ended up being the mastermind of that, and he's the true OC, even though he's a quarterback coach and all this other different stuff. And then he goes to the Vikings and uh, uh, fails. I can say that, right? We can say that now. Kirk Cousins, him, didn't work out. He's down in Jacksonville. I don't know. It's going okay. It's not going great. Uh, between two quarterbacks, it's a really hard situation. Um, and Frank was just overqualified to begin with, and we didn't really understand that until they won the Super Bowl. Uh, well, I, I think that I, real quick on the DiFilippo thing, I think it might also be that DiFilippo was overqualified to be a QB coach. He was too. He's not yeah. as great an offensive coordinator. I do think that I think the way he worked with Wentz mattered. We've heard a lot about that, about how tough he was on Carson, how yeah, the good you know, cop, bad cop thing. Yeah. Yes, I, I I think they need that type of element again. Press Taylor is like, I mean, he's like Wentz's age. Like, you know, what I mean, like he's not coming in with any sort of credibility, any sort of like, why should Carson Wentz listen to that guy? At least if I were Carson Wentz, I think about it that way. So yeah, I think you need someone in that role who's going to come in and say, Yo, Carson. Shut up and listen. Like, you're doing this wrong. You're going to do it this way because that's what I said because that's the way we're coaching you and you, you're you going to do it. Like, I think they need someone like that who who knows better than Carson Wentz and who Carson Wentz knows knows better. Yeah, and um, that that to me is still the, the biggest dropping off point from, you know, 2017 and why it looks so good is is because of that. And you had the injuries and, you know, we, we know the story. I, I, I just – uh, I agree that there there needs to be some changes this offseason, um, and I would keep paying Mike Grow OC salary to remain as wide receiver coach and just leave it be because he's been your best one. It's why Nelson Aguilar had such would a great year. Would he take year. that, though? You know what I mean? I like, would, would you think, yeah. It'd be it's hard an, to get a it, job it's a great elsewhere. Thought. I would love to have him there, but that's a, you know. 
Yeah, it's uh, wishful thinking. Kicking the nuts uh, for <laughs> Grubb. Like, hey, buddy, uh, go back to me in the wide well, receivers. Let's Get just say that his his uh, you know OC days in Virginia weren't weren't great either. So now it's kind of a there's a little bit of a track record there. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't really know at the end of the day. What I do know, James, is they have to take care of the Dolphins. And um, I mean, what are we talking about here? It's the fucking Dolphins. I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're gonna like the line is a little scary to me. I think it's up at ten and a half. Is it open at it's seven up and a half? Ten and a half. Wow. I think so. Let me double check on that. But that while you double check really quickly, I. I to just display how, and I know the Dolphins won a couple games, and I think I, I think Brian Flores might actually be good, or at least he's a motivator. They're clearly not giving up, and that's uh, a so, credit sorry, to him. Sorry, Dolphins but, fans, he just he just kissed the death of of your head coach. By hey, the way. he's a leader of men, John. <laughs> Brian Flores, leader. He's my new guy. I'm yeah, gonna make him a yeah. guy. Brian Flores, John. I was trying to think of this, and and obviously we all play fantasy football. You know, guys. I legitimately, I don't know for sure what the number of players on the Miami Dolphins I can name is. Ooh, let's it's see. It's under 10. Uh, okay. It's under 10. All right, let's go. I'm not looking at anything. I'm just going to I'm not looking at anything either. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll be the looker up of okay. things and you name them. Perfect. All right, and we know, like, I'm the injured guys don't count because I could have named Preston Williams, but he's hurt. He's out. Yeah, that was Howard one of my hurt. guys out. that I was. I okay. thought of. Yeah. Yes. All right, so Ryan Fitzpatrick will be playing. He on is the on the roster and will be playing. Yes, that is true. That is fun. Kalen Balaj. Is on the roster. He is. We'll yes, be. correct. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, man. There's one big one out there. I know. I'll get there. Hold all on. Right, oh, right. Devontae Parker. Yes. There's a second on big the one that's on there. And we'll be playing. Is Albert Wilson still healthy and on the roster? Uh, I don't know if he... Let me double check on the health again. Uh, but he is on the roster. That is for sure. Albert Wilson is there. Yep. Um, am I missing... What am I missing? You're missing There's somebody big, on the defense that's pretty big. Yeah. Um... Hmm. This is my point, John. This is well, Howard's hurt, right? Because that's a big one on the defense. Yeah, he is, but it's still. I'm just saying, like he's still. Was you know, that the one you were thinking of? There was that was one of them. Uh, there's a there's another one, and it's uh, by by big name. It's just because NFC East, and we know his name. Ooh. Huh. See. <laughs> how about that? How about that soft Taco Charlton? That's not uh, that soft anymore. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah, whatever. Talking. <laughs> that's my point, though. That's what we're talking. about. And none of the guys I mentioned are particularly great football players. It's uh, they're really bad, man. That, that was the whole point of this exercise here. They're really, really bad. Yeah, excessively bad. Um, I you know, and and normally you would be like, oh yeah, I recognize that name on the offensive line. Uh, I I got nothing. Jesse Davis, oh, never heard of him. Nope, never heard of him. <laughs> Keep going, let's see. Uh, Michael Deiter, never heard of him. He's a rookie, that's nope. why. No idea. But you're starting guard as well. Uh, Evan Bohm, any of those? It, it sounds like loosely familiar from back in my, when I used to be an offensive line expert days, but no idea. Uh, oh, here is uh, Daniel Kilgore. That that we know because they oh, traded I for him. Oh, I know Daniel. He was a niner, yeah. Daniel Kilgore. Yeah, they traded for him. Um, outside of that, that's, that's pretty, I mean, uh, Julian Davenport, I think he's been, he's been, uh, he's been banged yeah, up that was the, the whole time. Was he the right? guy they got from Houston yep. in the, uh, yeah, in, in trade. the Tunsil trade, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Isaiah Ford is on the roster. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> he was one of my, uh, sneaky, uh, draft picks. Of course, uh, 
has not uh, has not come around there. Uh, seventh pick from the Miami Dolphins. I liked him out of Virginia Tech. Uh, Mike Gusecki, I forgot he's there too. Um, oh yeah, Gusecki should have known that. Yeah. Uh, there's a ton of uh, there's a ton of Dolphins fans that think that he's uh, or and is continuing to be, I guess, better than better than Dallas Goddard, and that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Outside of that, I mean, this is. It, it is what it is, and I, I don't believe – so getting back to the line, it is at 10. It hasn't gone up to 10.5. I thought I saw 10.5 in some places. Um, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Like I still think this is going to be a sloppy-ass, on-the-road game Like where, hey, you know, Dallas is, is basically giving this to you. Uh, Darren in South Philly called me today. <laughs> this is a chance that the Dolphins could blow them out, which nobody is expecting to. I don't think that's possible, but um, I think this is a close game. I'm taking the under at 45. Uh, what was the line? Did you end up looking it up? Yeah, it's 10. 10 across the board there. Yeah. I actually think the Eagles are going to cover. Um, wow. I, 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 here's, here's the thing. I think that with the guys getting back and stuff, this is the type of spot where we've been so disappointed with the Eagles playing some bad you know, bad games against better teams and staying in it. I, I really think the Dolphins are horrendous, and I think they're done. I think they're not clearly trying to win, but they're fighting hard for Brian Flores. I think the Eagles win by a couple touchdowns. I really do. I know it's crazy to say that right now, but I think it's also part of just like, you know, I think they come in and, and let their frustrations out on a, a horrendous Dolphins team that once they're down 14 nothing just won't care. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably true, too. So, uh, I mean, more or less Jets part two. You know, with, yeah, yeah, with I, a little very bit of quarterback. Much so. Like, I mean, Luke Falk is a a unique case, but yes, <laughs> I, I think a similar type of game. Maybe not quite as as dominant a defensive performance, but I think they do well enough to shut him down. I think the Dolphins get the first touchdown of the game, uh, and then it's then it's off to the races after after that. Again, not a blowout, but you know, like a I don't know, somewhere in between, like a, a four to nine point victory. Uh, just uh, just under that ten, like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm acting like ten points is hard to cover, and I just said maybe they're <laughs> by nine. Uh, but I think it goes that way. To me, what do you, uh, like? This is this is not about like are they going to win? Are they going to lose? What do you want to see? You know, like and to me, I just don't want to see Carson Wentz look as horrendous as he did. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I want uh, Greg Ward to know the difference between six and eight yards. Uh, I need to know that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside knows where to sit and not to drift. And then I need Carson Wentz to hit open wide receivers and stop looking at open guys and making harder throws. That's something I yes. didn't understand yes. from last year. Yes. That's it. Yes. That's all I need to see. Go win however you want to win. Go win that. Yeah, and just just go like that. Uh, and I don't know if I said on the podcast, but the Orlovsky breakdown, which seemed to be – oh, no, I, I did with Elliot. Uh, I just want to point out that, you know, the J.J. thing that everybody goes, yeah, see, he was supposed to sit there. Wide open Dallas Goddard. Completely missed him before that. Like, yeah, that's that's the same play. I need I need Carson to feel to, the, the, the theme of these three games should be confidence building. This is what these three teams are 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 meant to be in the NFL for anybody that is going to like I'm, it's it's Washington. It's the Giants. It's the fucking Dolphins. You know, if you can't build confidence this way, um, and even more for the defense to keep playing consistently as they have been, fire them up. Um, it's a great opportunity for them to like this. This offensive line is garbage. It is horrible. So if if Fletch can feel a little better about himself, um, you know, get uh, get Barnett going. All of that. I think this is the the theme of this is basically let's start the confidence building, and and maybe that leads you to uh, to playoff berth there, James. Yeah, I, I think you hit it. I think confidence building 
is what matters. You see teams get on rolls. Teams seem to believe themselves in the NFL. Again, you know, it is a week-to-week league. Weird things happen from week-to-week, but I really do think that, and I've said this a zillion times, you know that, but I, I do think that confidence and motivation matter more in this sport than in any other sport. And if they can find a way to build some confidence and have that motivation to try and you know, kind of shove it in everyone's faces that doubted them and say, hey, you know, like, we're going to make a run here. I mean, I, I think it's possible. I wouldn't bet on it, obviously, because we have not seen enough from this team to make us believe to bet on it. But it's not crazy. Like, it's certainly a, a, a there is a, a clear timeline where that plays out that way. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, hopefully it is all just a nice, easy victory. We'll certainly be uh, celebrating it on the postgame show. Hopefully some other interesting things happen, too. You know, like just, um, uh, what, do, what do I, like, maybe maybe I need to amend that. I I, I want to see J.J. Ortega-Whiteside be a lot more confident in this game, too. Um, and it sounds like that they're going to play him. Uh, a, a lot more than than previous. I don't know if that's because of they're not sure if Alshon's going to be able to go, but they're certainly going to prep him as that. Jordan Matthews not being here anymore, pretty hilarious. Mac Collins not going to be able. I don't need to see either. I don't need to see Mac Collins. And uh, honestly, if Nelson can go, put him on a pitch count too. Uh, I, I I know that you know Elliot was yeah. Put too- him on a sit count, like <laughs> sit his ass on the bench, whether he can go or not. That's my. I thought, I yeah, I thought Elliot made a fair point. Like they really weren't covering him that much in, against Seattle. Greg Ward, that is. So, you know, let's let's. I see. don't care. He caught the fucking football. Yeah, right. All right. Right. That's good. Let's I no see. more Nelson. No, that is no Nelson. That is my new campaign. No Nelson. <laughs> Hashtag no Nelson. Uh, we will be on uh, Sports Radio WIP tomorrow, Saturday, as we're recording this Friday afternoon. Um, and uh, and and James will leave it at this. What what have you been? Uh, most thankful for, I guess, from this uh, this Eagle season so far. Well, aside from the wonderful liquid death I'm drinking right now, yeah, just, buddy. Uh, hold on, hold on, I'm gonna take a sip right now. Mm. Oh, it's delicious. That's you know, the stuff, James. Right there. James, so, you know where you can go get that liquid death? Where? Liquiddeath.com, where you can sell your soul right now. If you're unsure about, you know, a new water product that hits the market, I, I know, I understand. I'm with you, uh, but this is. The ultimate badass can. And I did say that right. It is an aluminum can, a 16-ounce big boy uh, that has dripped the from the heavens, gone down to the Austrian waterway, and delivered to you in one of those punk rock-looking water cans on the planet. They're uh, the liquid deaths, like, you know, uh, all about the death to plastic. I'm a fan of that, too, because... Plastic is no longer recyclable, and I can't tell you how many people I see with water bottles. It drives me crazy. Liquid death, aluminum, uh, still very much recyclable, and 75% of all the aluminum that they that is used in the world, or maybe it's the United States, but either way, uh, has been, you know, for the last like 200 years, been reused. It's great for that, and not only that, uh, the, the byproduct of all this, oh yeah, the water is delicious, crisp and cold and clear. Uh, it's it's one of the best experiences I've had with water. And uh, if you're already on board with Liquid Death, then just a reminder, liquiddeath.com slash GoBirds gets you $2 off every single case. Yes, sorry, that was a, a long way uh, to say thank God for Liquid Death. We're thankful for that. And yes, yes. James Seltzer, what else are you happy for? Uh, so I, for, I am thankful the Dallas sucks. Uh, yeah, because this season would be a lot harder to bear if Dallas had been good. Thank God. Um, I'm thankful for Brandon Brooks. Um, 
obviously I know a rough week last week with with his issues that he's still dealing with and all that. But just uh, I'm thankful that that Eagles Nation has really done a great job of wrapping this guy up and bringing him in. I know that this is something that you know it's 2019, so we're finally starting to talk about these issues in a in a more constructive way. But it's something that for so long has been been looked at as um, you know a weakness or this or that, and it's so not. And and it's you know a really hard thing for people to, have to deal with it. So I'm thankful for for Brandon Brooks to be who he is and speak out about these things and help raise awareness. But also, I'm thankful for Brandon fucking Brooks, the player. Yeah, Because that guy has been the best player on this team this season when out on the field. Um, so I'm thankful for him. Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful. Um, I'm thankful for the fact that sitting at five and six after just what has been a, a real disappointing season compared to what we expected, I'm thankful that there is still a season. You know, I'm thankful yeah, that that – Everything is still in front of this team. As as bad as it has seemed at times, everything is still in front of them, and we could still have a really fun season that we weren't expecting to. Yeah, I, I love all that. I gave my thanks, obviously, on, on, on Tuesday, but echo that especially, and uh, that has been so, so wonderful. I'm going to end with the take. Um, if you go see The Irishman in a theater, you're an idiot. That's all I just want to say. Like, so Tell me why, because I'm, I'm, I love being able to watch Netflix and stuff, but I will never – besmirch the idea of of certain movies should be seen on the big screen and are worthwhile on the big screen um and it, i do generally feel like the highest end of movies like it seems like the irish men could be um are worthwhile on a theater now granted i am going to watch it on my tv from netflix so i'm, I'm also a little <laughs> critical there but like i wouldn't besmirch someone who wanted to go see it in the theater tell me why three hours 40 minutes and you Three don't and a half. yeah exactly and you yeah. don't know what you're walking into go see it on netflix first if you want to go and enjoy it in the theater because you're one of those weirdos that absolutely has to have the theater experience and let the movie companies rip you off only only to really be like oh yeah well uh you know all these directors say that's in, in uh, you know uh, uh uh i can't even think of uh any famous directors on the top of mind because that's how fr uh, fried my brain is well. right at this point but if Scorsese intended to be in the theater, why did he release it on Netflix anyway? Well, because they gave him a shitload of money to make it. And no one else would give him the amount of money it took to make his three and an hour and 40 minute, you know, saga. Um, Stop jerking I, us off and just fucking make uh, a nice two hour I, I, movie. I disagree with you on this. This is good. I like this disagreement here. I, I, uh, I do think that there is a worthwhileness to seeing movies on the big screen to seeing the way it was intended to be seen, the way it was shot, all that type of stuff. You just, it's, it's, it's James, it, I don't it, know. It, I think it's more meaningful. When we were when we were growing up, absolutely. But if people have a sixty inch flat screen yeah, with well, a wonderful sound it system, come on! I mean, like, oh, you didn't see the little speck in Dunkirk or whatever the whatever the hell everybody else was saying. It's 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 obsolete now, and it's time that the movie industry finally moved the other direction. When clearly going to the theater doesn't really matter as much as it used to because the technology caught up. That's all I'm saying. But no, I, you're really an idiot if you're just not watching the movie and then wanting. <laughs> go check it out in the theater later. Plus, you're going to have to pee at some point. What a, a, a brand new movie where you can pause, go to the bathroom, and come back, as opposed to the theater experience where you're going to miss stuff anyway. I don't want to hear about it. That's the theater experience 
with three hours and 30 minutes or whatever, but I can't wait to watch it, and I hope it's uh, fucking awesome. I'm going to sit down too. <laughs> the moment that this podcast is over and watch it. So uh, for James Seltzer, I'm John Barchard. Thank you guys so much as always. We are always thankful for you tuning into the podcast, being a part of it. It really does feel like family with all of us, and we love that you are here with us each and every week. Uh, that's going to do it. Radio.com, Sports Radio 94 WIP tomorrow. This has been episode number 149 right here on every podcast venture that you listen us on to on things. Radio.com. This is botched. Bye. Go ahead. <laughs> that was awesome. That was so funny. <laughs>